what I would advise people or what can help you with that is just to have a plan. Be confident in yourself. Know what you want to do. Don't look at people, right? Some people come in, they start comparing themselves. Oh, this person is doing this. So I have to do this. So they said this, this. Don't worry about others. Yes, it's good to assess yeah. yourself yeah. just to grow. But then don't focus on others. Focus on yourself, your capabilities, what you can do, what you came here for. Those guys didn't push you to come to Canada. You woke up and decided to come here. So I believe you have a plan. Work on your plan. Be hard working. Put down your um your faith on it and you're going to succeed have you ever wondered what it's like to be behind every single thing you know and start a new life in a foreign country from my experience it can be a struggle on the newcomers podcast i'll be sharing my story as well as the stories of other immigrants we'll be talking about the joys and struggles of starting up fresh my name is Josie, and I'm looking forward to being your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Newcomers Podcast. My name is Josie Anyebunam, and I'm your host. Um, today, um, I'll be talking to Chika Ofia, who's been in Canada for the past four or five years. Thank you for joining us, Chika. Thank you, Josie. Hello, everyone. I'm happy to be here and to share my uh, experience with you. And I hope you learn or take something away from it. Awesome. 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 So um, I was going to start off with like saying, do you want to talk a bit about yourself? Like um, what you do, who you are? We could start off with that. Yes, of course. Uh, like uh, Dossier has said, my name is Chika Ovia. I've been in the Canada. I've been in Canada for close to five years. I moved in from Lagos, Nigeria, in 2018. I'm married. I have two little kids, and uh, I've been a professional even before I left in Nigeria. I worked in the bank, called, um, Zenith Bank, Sky Bank, a bit of Heritage Bank, and uh, now in Canada, I'm a business system, senior business systems analyst for the city of Calgary. Yes, so that's what I do for a living. For hobbies, I like to I like baking. I really don't like to cook food, yeah, but I yeah, cook I because I have I a family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cook because I have a family and I feed them well. So I cook, but I love baking. I love sports. I'm a Chelsea fan. I used to be an Arsenal fan. Now a Chelsea fan for obvious reasons, right? So <laughs> I am also getting to learn the NFL game. I'm excited about the Super Bowl coming up. Um, what else do I love to do? I love reading. And then I like mm. uh, teaching, quote and unquote, like not the classroom teaching, but I always like to impact knowledge on people. I love to teach people new things. And uh, that's what I love doing. Aside from the personal life, I also like uh, everything technology, right? Uh, going mm -hmm. with the world, technology and data is what we're heading to. So I'm also yeah. trying to learn how to code, how to write SQL, Pythons, and stuff like that. And those are the things that I do when I am uh, when I am free from the career and the family duties. Right? I'm not really a social media person, so I'd rather use my time to do uh, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. So <laughs> that's uh, a brief summary of who I am. Yeah. That's interesting. So let's now let's now go back a bit and kind of start off with um you want to walk us through your last days before you left Nigeria, how it felt? Um uh, were you scared? Were you excited? Well, it was a mixed feeling. 
I was excited because I've always wanted to leave Nigeria. It was a dream come true for me. So I was really excited to see that dream come true. But again, it was a mixed feeling because I wasn't too sure where I was going and what lies ahead of me. And then I was leaving family behind. So it was uh, it was that part that I wasn't very comfortable for, with. But being a Christian, I trusted God, right? I knew it was a dream that I've always wanted and I was ready to go into it. So I was happy, just a little like, um, not happy, but so it was a mixed feeling. But overall, I um I was thinking that my last day in Lagos, I was going to like stand on top of the roof and tell everybody, God damn, I'm leaving this country finally, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't do that. Of course, I was emotional, leaving families behind, all the people that took us to the airport and all that. So yes, I wasn't um to be honest, apart from family. There wasn't really much that I missed living in Nigeria. I'm not a foodie, so yes, I know from time to time I crave Nigerian food, but I could do without that, right? <laughs> the things I love to eat, they're here in Canada, so it wasn't a problem for me. So my last days, I wasn't even like saving to eat more or to do things like I wouldn't kind of. I think it was basically the family I was going to miss. Yes, so that was my last day. Eventually, I didn't stand on top of the roof, but I was quite excited. I was living in Lagos. That's interesting. It's actually interesting to hear you say that you when you were going to miss the Nigerian food. It feels like that's one big thing a lot of us miss when we leave home. Like we miss the ease of access to our meals. Like for example, you know, suya. Like I since I moved to Calgary, I've not had proper suya, and I miss it. <laughs> not really. I am not attached to things like that, fortunately. So, yet. I think it was only when I was pregnant, at first, uh, the first trimester, I kind of craved the uh, bitter leaf soup. But luckily, I just <laughs> laid my hand on one in one African store and I dealt with it. And thankfully, it was just for a few days. I was done with it. In fact, to be honest, I fell in love with the uh, Tim Beats from Tim Hortons. And that was what I Jesus. ate for cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm not a foodie. I really don't miss food. Sometimes I dream about food. Like I could dream about going to market, buying a mono, making soup. And then when I wake up, I realize that oh, that was a dream I'm in Canada. Like, just got them. It, you know? so, Doesn't that mean that you miss it a bit? Well, maybe it's just... Maybe it's not as much as others missing. Don't you think so? I think I think it's not the food I'm missing, right? But there's this aspect of me that it's cultural, right? Yes, I've been in Nigeria, you yeah. know, going to market, making fresh soup, the smell, the taste and all that. You know, sometimes they come around, even though like I'm not going to go out of my way or crave for it all day. Mm -hmm. I can't do without mm -hmm. it. Just that dream, think about it a few minutes, I'm done. I'm not going to go around Canada looking for where to make a cross soup. <laughs> it's not that bad, right? So, yeah. 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 Okay, so um, I'm going to, my, my next question is basically around your, your first night. So now you were excited and sad at the same time. Um, how did it feel, you know, the first night here when you all landed? Uh, how was the first night? Still same feelings my, or like relieved? My first night, I was excited having a safe flight, landing peacefully in Canada. And thankfully, it was sometime around August. It was a very warm weather. Everywhere looked bright. Mm -hmm. Everybody looked happy. 
So I was mm -hmm. uh, scared because, of course, I hadn't been to Canada and I didn't really have a close friend or family around, like somebody to talk to or give a hug or here. Yeah. So I was skeptical, even getting into the car to drive to the Airbnb. I was like looking all over the place. Where am I going to? Where is this? But it looks fine. That's okay. So, <laughs> And I had a 10-month-old baby who kind of took my yeah. attention away from all the worries. So I was interested in getting yeah. home, feeding her, putting her back down and then unfolding what holds uh, what Canada holds for us as a young family just stepping in yeah so it was uh, it wasn't really scary I was excited about the whole thing and then the first night nothing much really happened having a long flight with a 10 month old baby we just got somewhere put our things had something to eat and then I do stuff <laughs> I think that explains my first night in Canada <laughs> Yes. I have a, I have I have someone on the pod who came and said his first night he couldn't drink water the water he was like he doesn't like the taste of the water Oh no everything <laughs> like I I didn't have any regret aside that I wasn't too sure what was going to happen in the coming days, months, and years. But I was excited, like something you've looked forward to. I think since mm -hmm. I finished secondary school, I've always had that dream, like I just want to go abroad where things work. There's a government, there's a system. I wanted that sanity in my life and I long dreamt about it. So stepping my foot here, it wasn't really something I was worried about. <laughs> or like Again, <laughs> what helped me, I think, is that uh, just before I came to Canada and in the previous uh, 10 years, I think I was traveling a lot. And knowing the fact that um, I wanted to move to Canada, each trip, it was kind of an opportunity to accustom myself with what it looks like to live in the Western world. So nothing yeah. really came very strange to me. And I had my daughter in the US, so I spent almost four years there. It was a very good opportunity for me to see how things work, put myself in their shoes and just assume, oh, eventually get to Canada. This is what life is going to look like. So all of those experiences that I put together, there wasn't really nothing there. Nothing strange at all. <laughs> yeah, okay. that would explain my first night and my first days. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of kind of doubling down on that because I find it interesting. Um, I find it interesting when you say to me that, you know, you spend some time, you spend you spend a lot of time traveling around. So that meant that that was an opportunity for you to, you know, kind of look at the environment you're about to move to to live fully and say, how do I adjust? Now, how did that help you with kind of house hunting, with job job search, or did you go straight to school when you once you came in? Like, how did that help with the all the settling in moves? Was it was it that it was easy for you to know where to go to look for something, or you just found it you were just confident enough, even if you didn't know where to go, you knew that you could find what to do or where to go to? Yes, I think being confident and having a plan of how I wanted to achieve my dream helped me. Initially, I didn't come to go to school. I came in on PR and I was going yeah. to work. But And eventually I was looking for work even from the two months before I left Nigeria. I started looking mm. at the websites, LinkedIn. I started applying for jobs. So I wanted to look for a job and get a job and continue working like I was doing in Lagos. Eventually, mm. though, I went to sit to get a certificate, but it was just um, an upskill. It wasn't my main intention of coming to Canada. Yeah. So yes, uh, my previous experiences, my previous experiences, how I put them together to help me in these current issues was um, like seeing how life looks like. I've been to, I, I didn't come to Canada before then, right? It was mostly mm -hmm. US and the UK. I had families yeah. that had younger ones. I saw how their day-to-day -day 
uh, business operated, how they wake up in the morning, take kids to school, go back to work, spend the whole day, come back at night, quickly fix dinner, take the kids for activity, then they come back at home, do homework, the night prayers, and then they go to bed. So that cycle from Monday to Friday just helped me kind of like see what it looks like. And I was putting myself in their shoes. In terms of uh, the Canadian system, I didn't really have that experience because it wasn't Canada it came to. But again, I just knew that there were platforms or organizations that help people, especially in Canada, to adjust new mm-hmm. immigrants. So I leveraged on that, talking to the newcomer centers, the immigration centers, going online, following people on YouTube to see how they had just recently adjusted what they did. And then I got on LinkedIn, networking, as we call it, right? Talking to people, looking at companies, how do they work, looking at their career profiles. And you know, so things like that kind of gave me, it wasn't easy at first. Like, yes, it wasn't easy at first. But I had to talk to someone. Eventually, I met a friend or a colleague that worked at Zenith Bank. And uh, I kind of asked him how to go about looking for work, like brushing up your CV in a Canadian way, the Canadian yeah. experience, what he actually meant and all that. But in terms of uh, resources, it wasn't a problem. And I think uh, Canada makes it easy for new immigrants, right? The immigration centers are there. You can go there, talk to them. A couple of links are online. So you actually know what to do. You know mm-hmm. where to go, right? So it's just taking that step forward and being confident. Even though we are visible minorities, but you have to be confident. You have to step out of the house yeah. right? <laughs> and do what you have to do. And that was what helped me to push forward in the first uh, days and even till now, right? Because there are some things you still want yeah. to do. You kind of push back, like, am I going to be able to do that? You have to be confident. You have to believe in yourself. You have to ignore the fact that you are black or you're a visible minority, which comes to play most times, and just be confident and achieve your dreams. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah I was going to, I'm going to go back a bit to something you said, which I would, I would like to hear your thoughts on that. You talked about how it is raising kids here. Like, how did you, I mean, we, we all say it's easy to adjust, but is it really that easy to adjust considering how the amount of help we have back home in Nigeria? Yes. So that is a very good question. It's not easy, right? It's not easy. No matter how you look at it, it's not easy. It's a struggle to have kids. But guess what? Canadian government and the system understands that. They're family friendly and they're willing to help. And what I mean with that is that um, if you have kids, it's easy for you to do things. Back in Nigeria, you don't tell your boss, like, you're going to daycare to pick up your child, right? Mm. If your child is in kindergarten in Canada, everybody knows you have to go pick the child up from kindergarten. It's no news to anybody, right? Mm. Your boss will only make sure maybe you don't have a meeting around that area or you finish your work. Whatever you need to go do out for your kids, go do it, but finish your work. As a matter of fact, when I first started work, I hear people talk about cats and dogs a lot. And I say to myself, if we spend this amount of time taking care of pets. I got to take time to take care of my children. (laughs) That was also a motivating factor. Back home in Nigeria, we were spoiled. 
from the time you give birth to the Omoga thing, your mother is there for three to six months. You have families running around you. You are just lying down there. You get a nanny, you get a driver, you get a cleaner, you get a laundry. Damn it, you don't get that here, right? Yeah. You have to do it from this for yourself. From the very first moment you leave the hospital, you are all by yourself. You might be fortunate enough to have a relative or your or your maybe mother or mother-in-law come around. But even yeah, those guys, if they come around, they just have like one month to stay with you. They're not going to stay here for three weeks. Yeah. For obvious reasons. They have things they are doing back at home and the cold and everything. So it's a real struggle. And another struggle that comes with it is you don't have anywhere to leave your kids. If you have to go for an event, you have to make sure there's somewhere to keep your kids. And I don't know a lot of people, a lot of places you can keep kids a weekend. So what helps people adjust to that? It's that, um, sorry, that uh, I'm going to say this, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's a partnership thing, right? Yeah. The husband and wife, you have to put hands together to do this. I said, um, I, I'm a bit reluctant because, yes, I know there are people that are single mothers here. Yeah? I know that are people that, unfortunately, they can't come with their husband at this time or their wife, maybe because of work commitments or anything, and you are the sole parent here. Yeah? But uh, only if your kids are grown up. I mean, if you have toddlers, I'm not sure you're going to take that decision. It's, it's going to be hard. But as you mean, the both couples are here. It's a 50-50 thing. It's not yeah. like we did back in at home. Nigeria, that, uh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wife thing. Go take care of the kids. Go sort that. Man just goes to work. Come back. You sit down. Somebody brings water. You wash your hand. We serve you food. You just relax. Check if Arsenal is clean. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. Why you is it Arsenal? <laughs> no, you don't do that. <laughs> You both have to take responsibilities, right? Even if your wife is not working, yes, I know some people take decisions. Okay, one person has to stay and take care of the kids. Even mm-hmm. at that, right? Even if only a couple, uh, a couple is working, you still got that responsibilities at home. It's not just something one person can do. And as a matter of fact, raising kids here in the Western world is a family thing. It's not a society thing. If you don't both bend down to take care of your kids, then the society is going to do it for you. And you don't want that. So you yeah. both have to like bend down and put your eyes on the kids. You have to bond with them. I tend to differ that uh, Western people love their kids more than us in Nigeria. Because back in Nigeria, you dump the kid for the community, the nannies, the drivers, you go to your thing, right? And then the child is growing up, you don't have that bonding time. And kids are very funny. If you don't stay with kids a long time, you you don't understand their, their nature and their tendency to like demand for things a lot, not to take no for an answer. So if you are used to nanny taking care of kids, the few minutes you have to stay with the kids back in Nigeria, you get so angry, you get so irritated that the kids don't even want you. Sometimes you see them getting closer to the nanny. But here, because it's the parents doing the work, Western kids, they try to, they try to have that bond with their parents, which yeah. makes a lot of sense. At some point, they lose it, right? But yes, that's the part you have to struggle when they're teenagers. We'll get to that, no worries. So it's uh, <laughs> it gives you the opportunity to bond with your kids. You wake them up, dress them up, talk to them, take them to school, take them for mm-hmm. practice. You come home, they're stuck with you. It's a good opportunity to instill whatever discipline and the lifestyle skills you want them to have. So that's hmm. the advantage we take here. So I, I was going to ask you if you think, because you, you, you said something about you, you, you differ on the fact that Western parents love their kids more than 
Um, Nigeria. We do back in Nigeria. Yeah. Um, if I understand that question, that that statement right, don't you think it's a system thing? So, like, the, the system just pushes parents to act in a certain way here. Because, yes, I agree. Here, like, like yes, some days ago, May was saying, my wife was saying that she likes how we do 50-50 in the mornings. Like, because if you don't do that, then one person is going to get frustrated or start the day tired because you both have to kind of pitch in and get the kids ready and get them out of the door to their day homes or to the school they're going to. So both of you always have to pitch in. And so in the end, both of you all get closer to the kids because you spend a lot more time with them. Absolutely. So I'm asking, and when in Nigeria, like you can outsource the getting the kids ready and all you did, literally you can even outsource getting the kid to school because the driver takes the child to school. And so is that not a system? So is that, are the parents doing that on purpose? Or is it just that we are spoiled by the system back home and here the system forces us to spend more time with the children? Uh, you may be right if you say it's a system that forces us because we can't afford to pay for those things. Even where you can pay for them, you see that it's not even necessary. It's not Yeah, worth like it, why right? would you spend all that yeah. money? <laughs> so yes, the system helps them to bond with the kids. And you see that when by the time their kids are 14, 15, they are very independent, right? Mm. They start to do things on their own. But back home, because we always get that help, like people are 20, 21, 25, mom is still cooking food, you're still living comfortably, your father's, you don't do that here. So yes, it's a system thing, it's a cultural thing. So again, that will be the positive side of what the system pushes back to us. Because I'm yeah. sure if we had that liberty like back in Nigeria, it will go the other way around. But in Nigeria, because you can afford those things, and Nigeria is quite stressful to actually do those things by yourself. Here, the system makes it easy. Imagine mm. in Nigeria, you are stressed about the two hours traffic you're going to go into. And you still have to deal with the child. Work. You don't want to. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of trouble to get kids dressed up in the morning. Like you start screaming from the first time you wake up. You, know? you don't have that time in Nigeria. And knowing that, for instance, I moved from Lagos, right? If you walk on the island and you live on the mainland, you have to leave the, work la- the, the house by 5.30, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure how many people get to six. Maybe if you live in Yabashulere, you can manage yeah. six. But if you have to leave the house that early, then you can't afford to wake the kid up and dress them up by that time, only because you mm-hmm. want to be a responsible parent. So yes, some people have that good intention. Some people might want to do it, but the system doesn't allow it. And then mm-hmm. you have to come back from work at 10, 11, when the kids are fast asleep. You don't have that time to do homework or even ask them how their day was. And before mm. you leave in the morning, they are still sleeping again. So you find out that from Monday to Friday, you haven't even seen your kid. You haven't spoken to them. Mm. Right. So, yes, it's a system thing. It's what the system pushes to us. And even here, the system tells you to train your child. Your kids don't learn much at school. They don't do much at school. You can't go to fight the teacher. Oh, my child can write. No, you teach your child how to write. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but back home in Nigeria, if your child is not doing well, you go to school and fight the teacher. Like, why are you not teaching him this? Why are you not doing this? Hey, you don't go to yeah. fight the teacher. Teacher would ask you to go teach your child. As a matter of fact, they don't take homework here in Canada, mm. right? Most schools don't do homework and all that, only for those that go for extra activities and their mm. curriculums outside school, right? So they believe 
I don't see it as a bad thing, but they create that vacuum for you as a parent to be the first teacher for the child. And then they want to give them time to do other things. Life is not about books. Yes, we need to read books, right? But yeah. you need to create that space to do other things. Whether you want to go outside to play, whether you want to go and do your sports, whether you want to get on other adventures. They're all forms of learning, especially for kids, yeah. which they give you time to do. So they don't want to bother you with assignments and homework when they are going home. It's left for you as a parent and the interest of the child to find what works for you and how you want to impact knowledge on the child mm. so yes the system i agree with you with that right? <laughs> yeah um so i probably just have two more questions for you um why do you want to talk about why you decided to go to do to school um when because you, you said you already interviewing even back from Ni in nigeria before you left so why did you what made you change your mind why did you say you know what i'm going to go back to school before i start working uh there are two reasons first reason was a personal thing reason being that i was on maternity leave that's a whole one year i was already working with a with a banking firm here in canada but i was on maternity leave for one year so i thought to myself that I don't have to sit at home for one year. So I found a course that was just about four to six months classroom work, which is uh, data related. And I decided to go into it. It was just a way to upkeep skill myself yeah. while on maternity leave. Like personally, for me, I always went to see a growth, right? I'm always learning something. So that was just something I wanted to do while I was on maternity leave. And again, the second reason is... Um, Yes, even though I was working in Canada, there is a lot of uh, issue around the Canadian experience, Canadian certifications, Canadian education and all that. So for me, it was a good opportunity to get one. Even though I had a, I had a, a job, I had something doing, but I wanted to improve. And after that certificate, it just helped me to step in there forward into my technology um, career. Uh, career. Right. So it was from there that I actually got very interested in learning how to do my codes in building data analysis and uh, making new friends. So it wasn't a question. You really don't have to go to school, especially if you're PR. Right. You really don't mm -hmm. have to go to school. It's not a necessity or it's not a springboard for you to do well. But if you look at yourself, if you have that time, if you want to upskill yourself, if you feel it's a necessity or there's a field you think you need to go in, that is going to pay you. There is always um, a chance to change, mm -hmm. upskill ourselves. Then why not, right? Yeah. So that's uh, what happened. Why I went to sit. Yeah. Okay. And I so have I'm no good. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's, that's yeah. great to hear. So the last question I have for you is: If you look back at the past four, five years, five years here, what's the one thing you would have done differently? That. One thing I would think I had done what? differently when I came in. Yeah, one thing you would have done differently before you left Nigeria, coming here, or when you just landed. What's the one thing you would have done differently? Well, to be honest, I think that's a very difficult question for me to answer, <laughs> right? For whatever reason, you can say it's because of luck. You can say it's because of uh, grace, right? However mm. you want to, but... Uh, when I look back, I don't see any glaring mistake that I have made or something that I would have thought, oh, maybe I should have done this or maybe I should have gone to the city. Like, yeah. because I had a plan, 
because mm-hmm. I knew what I wanted, right? And everything that I have done, which I said you can call it grace or luck, right? Everything I had planned is kind of working the way I wanted it, right? I haven't had any step that I missed or would have wished I went back to do correctly. So uh, I really, I really don't have what it is. And what, uh, what, uh, what I would advise people or what can help you with that is just to have a plan. Be confident in yourself. Know what you want to do. Don't look at people, right? Some people come in, they start comparing themselves. Oh, this person is doing this, so I have to do this. So they said this, this. Don't worry about others. Yes, it's good to assess yourself just to grow. But then don't focus on others. Focus on yourself, your capabilities, what you can do, what you came here for. Those guys didn't push you to come to Canada. You woke up and decided to come here. So I believe you have a plan. Work on your plan. Be hardworking. Put down your... um, your feet on it and you're going to succeed and that's the way i look at it and again information is power right you don't come in and decide to do everything by yourself you have to ask questions you have to leverage on what is available whether it's talking to old friends or family that have been here looking at the resources networking you have to ask Mm -hmm. and learn from people's experience that way it's going to help you avoid making those same mistakes yeah so Makes sense. Makes sense. To be honest, um, I, I think I think one one question that or one conversation that I want to have someday, and maybe we're out of time here. It'll be good to have it. But one conversation I want to have someday with someone is about this thing you mentioned about how when people come here, um, we start to either compare or people start to say things like. Um, everyone is doing X, so go do X. Like, for example, when I landed, someone said to me, hey, go, um, everyone is doing project management. Go do project management. There was no question of like, does your, what do you like to do or what are you interested in? Just go do project management. And I said to the, I said to the lady who was saying that to me, that look, I, I, I've been, I was in con- doing content before I left Nigeria and I loved doing content and I know I'm going to get a job in content as long as I keep going at it, you know, and the, the, the response she said to me, I can't even say it on here, to be honest, like, you know, when you, and I, I was like, okay, well, you know what, I'll just keep doing, trying to do what I'm doing, you know. I was applying for a job at Shopify and she was like, you can't, you can't get those kind of jobs. You just got in Like, We shouldn't think of those kind of jobs. Like I, I was, I was like, why, why would you even say that to me? I'm just two days in the country. I'm still on, on I'm still in quarantine. You're telling me. That's... You are lucky they didn't ask you to go to Amazon. Uh, is it Amazon Where, warehouse, warehouse or something? Yeah. Not just security. I mean, those things are not bad, right? If you eventually have to do it to feed your family, you have to do yes. it. Yes. But again, don't tell somebody if you step in, that's what you must have to do. It's not true, right? Yeah. Put your feet out there. Do what you can. At some point, if you decide, oh, this job is taking too long for me to get, I need some money to pay my bills and all that, then you can find a menial job on all that to keep up. But I don't believe you should tell somebody living uh, coming from Nigeria, oh, you must have to do this, or everybody's yeah. doing this. It's it's not true, right? So, yeah, yeah we it's, can it's, talk it's... about it some other time. I think it's really yeah. a question. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a, it's a deep, it's a long me. conversation, honestly, for me. Like, it's a really long conversation. But thank you so much, Chica. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on here. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Um, please, if you enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends um, and share with people about newcomers. 
Chica, one last question for you. Can you can you refer one person that we can interview on this podcast, please? You don't have to do it online. You can send me a name later. Can you think of someone I sent to me? Of course, I will. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, everybody. And thank you for listening. Please subscribe. And um, I believe, like I said, information yeah. is power, right? Yeah. There is nothing wrong with taking information. What the problem is, or the work you have to do, is sifting the information you really want to invite. But there's nothing wrong. Subscribe. Tell your friends to, oh, come look at Riverside. You've got something to learn from it. And trust me, if you learn from other people's experience, then you don't have to make the same mistakes. It saves you yeah. time and money. So why yeah. not? Yeah, true. Right. So thank true. you everybody for listening. We hope to see you some other time.